<laughs> there can be Excellent. only one. <laughs> is he French Canadian? It's French. Huh? Is he French? Christopher Lambert? <laughs> Okay, hello, bienvenue, welcome, konnichiwa, marbaha. It's uh, time for the Armist Inquisition yet again. Episode 187 on Sunday, the 6th of June. I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Ben. And I'm Armish Matt. And tonight's very special guest is Lebanon's answer to Professor Brian Cox. It's astrophysicist Dr. Serene Nehmi. How are we, Serene? Hello, how are you? And it is marhaba. <laughs> marhaba. Yes, this is it. Hello. One more, one more time. Marhaba. Marhaba. Yes, this is it. Come see, come sa. Come see, come sa. You know, I'm French also. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Lebanon's sort of quite a multicultural, multilingual country, isn't it? Absolutely. Let me just uh, tell you the the, the Lebanese uh, typical sentence. Marhaba, uh, kifak, how are you, Sava? So in one sentence, uh, <laughs> a Lebanese will speak three languages. And this is really not a show off, just a, a typical Lebanese hello. Wow, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a real sort of a melting pot. I guess that comes from the history of the area, I guess, as well. Is that where the French come in, comes in? Is it from, from uh, colonial history? Not just the French and the English also, sir. Yeah. Yeah, Turkish, uh, English, French. And we never really had this, well, maybe a lot of Lebanese will hate me tonight, but this is the history. And uh, I, I like to state in fact, as I am scientist, yeah. we never had really a Lebanese uh, identity. We, we once had definitions, identity, but hey, we are not Phoenicians anymore. We've been like, you know, a lot. And they really had a lot of children with a lot of those, you know, colonial things. Yeah, it's cool. I must confess my sort of ignorance when it comes to Lebanon. I think it it seems to be that us in, in, in Western Europe and in the United States, we rarely hear about Lebanon unless it's because something bad has happened. You know, of course, it's, uh, of course, and it's not because of your faults. Actually, uh, we are we are to blame because we have to to put this good image of Lebanon and because of what's happening with Palestine and Israel. It's always we are to blame and and we are uh, notified when there is a problem and uh, it's it's for us Lebanese and to 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 talk about the culture and you are not to blame and you know. Um, uh, people, I noticed that for the last two two years, sorry to talk about that, people love the fear culture. And this is why the media will talk always not about the success. They will always talk about the death, about the fear, about the, 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 the pandemic, about the bug. Uh, and yeah. they will never talk about the something funny because funny will not sell. 
well, sex sells, yeah. but uh, death and, and things like trauma, tears will sell more. So this is why you will hear about Lebanon when it is. I, I think that you heard about this 4th of August more than Elisab or more than what? You heard about Carlos Ghosn, I, I, I think, uh, when he left uh, in a dramatic way, Carlos Ghosn, you know? When he left, no, you didn't hear about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah the this, guy, the, the Toyota, was it Toyota executive? Yes, exactly, when, when he yeah. left. You haven't heard about him when he was a successful Lebanese man, French Lebanese man, when he was doing successful <laughs> things. But when you heard about him when he did various things, you know, trauma things. So yeah. people love fear, trauma, uh, 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 tears, because it sells. So yeah. this is why. Yeah, if it ble- about Lebanon, yeah. If it bleeds, it leads is what they're exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I we should say right at the beginning, uh, big thanks to Robbie from Out of the Blank podcast because uh, he helped us set all this up. I'm I really if you give me just one minute, I really I'm a big fan of Robbie. I really he is really a friend, I hear a brother. I never met him. And this is what is a positive thing about social media and he is i really wanted to invite him to lebanon but you know with 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 the bug thing we cannot i really i want to tell him that i love him like my third brother and i really love him i want to support him and i want to work with him and i i did three podcasts with him and I will always discuss with him and I hope that with you also we will collaborate more and more. He is a really beautiful soul and he's free. You've been on three times? Yeah. Right, so we're we're tying. I've been on three times, so I need to be on next, Robbie. I I want to (laughs) beat Dr. (laughs) Sai. No, it's not a competition. We can be together. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm only joking. (laughs) Yeah, he is a beautiful soul. He is such a curious man. He is a free, and and we are missing such free, free discussions. You know, free free speech, and yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll sort the camera out in a minute. Um, Why? Just why don't you start by telling us a bit about your background and sort of your your professional background and your career and how you've got to where you are now. Um, Okay, I'm, I'm. I'm not comfortable about talking uh, talking about myself. I'm sorry because I mixed language. I mix language uh, when I, talk, I speak Spanish, uh, Arabic, French, and English. So I will have. I really apologize um, of, with my English. Okay. So uh, I hope that you will understand me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I started. I was born in a small um, city village in the mountain, Deir el Amar. And I, I wanted to, I first observed uh, uh, Saturn, I was eight, in a really, uh, uh, it was the war in Lebanon. And uh, I, I observed Saturn with my, my father and a doctor, he, he, he is my gynecologue and he is always our friend. And uh, uh, at eight I was having Iraq, it, uh, an alcohol. And it was forbidden at eight, but, you know, in, in, in the war, you know. And I wanted to be free as Saturn. It was beautiful. And really, really, I love this, this planet. And uh, I wanted to understand why and what is going on. And that, and that time, really, like, uh, a lot of time, like, 
you know, 30 years ago. Uh, uh, in Lebanon, in Lebanon, we didn't have any any formation of astrophysics, and they used to to confuse astrophysics and astrology. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm serious, and 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 when when I told my father that at eight I wanted to do astrophysics. Uh, my father told me whatever makes you happy, and he started. He used to travel a lot. He started to bring with Science et Vie. Uh, um, uh, Science et Vie. I don't know if you know. This is a French uh, uh, magazine about uh, uh, science, and I wanted to. I, I I was focused to understand what is happening out there. I wanted to be free like Saturn. <laughs> And this is how I, I did my uh, uh, baccalaureate, and, and I went to France. I did my PhD. I did my master's at the beginning, and I did my PhD. I did my postdoc. I left. I, I left at fifteen. I had fifteen. I left Lebanon, and uh, I did my PhD. I did my master's PhD and my postdoc. I went to uh, to Oxford. And uh, I, I went to, to, to England, uh, I went to Edinburgh. Uh, this is how I, I just drink in the mud. And uh, <laughs> I cannot drink a blended whiskey. And then I, um, I went to uh, France a lot, to Europe. Uh, I, I, I did a lot. I studied Venus, Mars, and then I went to uh, my, my point... Really, I, I from coming from a village from Lebanon, where we had really problems, I went to NASA. I worked on James Webb Space Telescope, and for me, I was really pretty ready to die. <laughs> With the moment when I when I put in NASA Goddard, I was really ready to die, and and then <laughs> really, and I really thank friends. I was lucky, and it was the hazard, because I, I went to France, and they trust me, and they believed in me, and they went me to represent France uh, and Europe in the NASA Goddard, and we did the testing for the James Webb Space Telescope that will be sent in October. If you want, we will talk about that. And, and it's the biggest fucking biggest thing that will be sent in the space. And, and, and then I came back, uh, then I, I decided to come back to, to Lebanon. I said that I suffered. I went very uh, young to, uh, to be, you know, um, in, in uh, foreign countries. I suffered a lot. I said that with other three uh, colleagues, we went back to Lebanon. We did the masters in astrophysics. We did an observatory. We, are, we were going to do a second observatory. We sent more than 20 students. They did their uh, astrophysics PhD, and they are brilliant. I don't know what we did in a small country. We did really what we did was successful. But now, with all the problem, the program is closing. And, I'm, and I am jobless. <laughs> like, so if someone is hearing me, I'm searching for a job. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, so uh, this is my. I work on on the uh, inter, interstellar medium. Uh, I work with really great people with Marc Sauvage, with the CR, uh, with uh, um, um, François Boulanger, Guillaume Pinot de Forêt, and I work on the exoplanets with James Webb Space Telescope. So this is in five minutes, I think, uh, <laughs> my life. 
Yeah, this is uh, this is something I've not heard about the James Webb Telescope. So this is going it's going to be launched in October. Is that right? Uh, yeah, thirty first of October. Yeah, well, twenty twenty one. And usually, from what I gather, when they launch a probe or a telescope, it usually has a certain sort of mission objective. What's what's sort of the the plan for the James Webb? Is it going to be doing specific things, or is it going to be able to do lots of different things? Well, um, listen, with the James Webb, it's a long uh, love and hate story because, you know, it started in 2007, it cost a lot of money, and we were really afraid that it would be stopped, uh, but it's really, it's going to be launched. And um, you know that Hubble Space was really programmed uh, to be to just stay like seven or eight years, and it has been like 30 years, you know? And now it's about time to to be retired. And with a 2.4 meter uh, diameter mirror, Hubble Space Telescope did miracles. Yeah. So imagine, and, and it is just here. The Hubble Space Telescope is just about 500 kilometers. It's just our neighbor, you know? Imagine, imagine all of you that we are going to send a monster, a mirror of 6.5 meter diameters, okay, in an L2 Lagrangian point, means that it is 1.3 million kilometers, so it is 3.5 or 4 more or minus or minus, uh, the distance of the moon to observe. So can you imagine? And if Hubble just did miracles, so what are we going to see? And with more sensitivity, with more resolution, and with bigger mirror. So, So it is a big challenge. What are we going to observe? We are going. We are going. We are not going to observe and to discuss with aliens. Okay. This is- <laughs> really? So, so you're, you're, yeah. You know, well, I will not tell you that I'm your father or I'm your mother. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but we are going to. We, we are having a lot of questions about the first lights after you know the dark. Uh, area in the Big Bang. Uh, until uh, now, uh, I don't know if you, uh, our viewers and our, our listeners uh, 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 are aware about that there is, uh, when we observe in uh, uh, light, uh, it's like studying archaeology of space. Yeah. You know, uh, every astrophysicist is, can be a very good archaeologist. Yeah. So, because, you know, uh, the light is traveling at a very constant sp- uh, speed uh, of light. So it's the C. So we're not talking about, uh, 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 you know, uh, um, how mocking 
the light with the uh, uh, gravity if you want we talk about it uh, about the black holes we talk about them later but i'm talking about the real speed of light okay so if there is a galaxy about like 13 billion years and if we are having its light so we are just studying the archaeology light created like 13 billion years so we are being able with the uh, James Webb to study the light after 400,000 years after the explosion of the Big Bang. Right. And this was not able. So this we were not able. 400,000 years sounds a long time, but in the context yeah. of the creation of the universe, this is like the it's almost like the split second after the Big Bang. It is like 0. 0.0001 second if we take a week. The 13.8 billion years of the creation <laughs> of, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And moreover, uh, because, the, um, because the James Webb Space Telescope is not like the Hubble Space Telescope, it is made to be more sensitive on the uh, uh, infrared. It is, uh, I was just uh, writing some notes because I am so uh, very. Uh, need on the numbers, uh, even if it is okay if I just do some errors. Yeah. Um, it's between 0 0.6 and 28.3 micrometer. It's in the infrared and near infrared. So it is just observing the uh, cold universe. And let me just, if you allow me, to, to tell you about this cold universe. Mm. At the beginning, we were just observing the visible, and then we observed the ultraviolet, and then we observed the infrared, and then we observed the uh, X-rays and the explosions. I have colleagues who also are astrophysicists who, who think that those who uh, are observing the explosions of supernova, the X-rays, the gamma rays, they think that you, infrared people, you are just not so energetic enough. You don't count. But believe me, there is a lot of hidden universe. When we discovered the infrared, when we uh, developed the detector, we really discovered a hidden universe that it was really... Uh, forbidden to us to, to, to talk about, to think about. So as if we discovered a whole new window of the universe. So when we uh, observe the universe in the infrared, we also open a window to observe a whole new universe that we didn't account on. Right. We are really, we was not counting as if you are, for example, if you are having, you went to the shop, uh, you have two bags, one in the uh, visible and one in the infrared. So you count your mass, you are like 100 pounds, but no, but you are not counting the, 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 the infrared because you are 200 pounds when you have your detector. So you are having your, all your calculation wrong. Also, we are going to do with the James Webb Space Telescope the redshift. Right. What's what this, is what's this mean? Yeah, redshift. Okay. So, I remember something vaguely from GCSE physics. Yeah. But that was a long and, time ago. No, I can't remember uh, anything. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
Well, uh, if, if I can, let me just start by the normal Doppler, like this, uh, your, uh, uh, the people who are following you and who are listening to us will just uh, start with the easy and I go with the difficult part. So if you are listening to uh, someone who is putting a high music, you know, what is the music that you like? Let me just hear Ben. Ben, what is the kind of music that you like? Oh, I like um, classic rock, so Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, okay. I dance rock also. Okay, so let us have, for example, on a, uh, on a car that uh, someone is putting a very high music with a really good uh, music setup, and it, he is passing with a classic rock near to you, and you are an observer, and you are steady still. Okay, so with this music surround, so he is passing or she is passing because I can do this also. And with an open, you know, uh, with an open car, you know, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have those frequencies <laughs> that they are, the wavelengths when, when she is passing with the car, they will be really compressed because the wavelength is a pressure. Okay, so this is the Doppler effect. When the uh, wavelength is compressed, we say that the color of the wavelength is going to the blue. When the wavelength, when she will go away, so as if we have a rope, so the rope, the wavelength will be really loose and it will be bigger, so we are going to the red. So it is comparable, but it is not the same because we have the red shift for the galaxy, for the universe. Now imagine a balloon, we are, we are on the balloon. Um, I will have uh, my friend who is drinking the beer. Wow. I, I draw his uh, face on the balloon. So I draw his face on the balloon and a birthday balloon. And I blow my, uh, no, let us have a helium balloon. And I draw his face on the helium balloon. So the helium balloon will expand and the red shift will be that the his face his eyes will expand with the space so the universe so he will have a distorted face i'm sorry <laughs> but so the space will expand like if we imagine that the uh, balloon is the space <coughs> And his eyes are the galaxies. So I'm comparing your eyes as a galaxy. Beautiful. <laughs> and so this will be, if we are on this, if, we, if I am on his left eyes, his right eyes will be expanding. So this is the red shift. So this will be the expansion of the universe because his eyes are the space and time on the balloon. So when we are going away, it will be the red shift. When we are going Toward us, it will be the blue shift. And the James Webb is going to be able to measure this? Yes. So it's and just, it will be able... Sorry, go ahead. Right, no, I'm just saying, so, so by measuring this, is this going to be able to tell us about the rate of the expansion of the universe? Exactly, and it will be able to measure uh, farther and farther galaxies. Well, I remember when I first saw that picture, I think it was the Hubble... And it was a picture, and it just had. It was just full of galaxies, little uh, swirls and yeah. different shapes, yeah. and and it was just the most, probably the most awe-inspiring photograph I, I, you could ever want to see. Well, 
Hubble did uh, great things. Uh, seriously, Hubble did deep images. Yeah. Uh, well, deep images, uh, well, <coughs> Hubble did wide fields and deep images. Deep images mean that we observe a lot of time so we can collect more lights. Uh, so we can see in details and white fields. And Apple also uh, did something uh, beautiful that helped Planck and uh, others with the uh, gravitational lens that confirms Einstein's uh, theory that Einstein himself said that it is impossible to detect and to observe what I'm talking about which is the gravitational lens, means that the gravity will curve the light because with nice. the... Do you want me to tell you about, to talk about, because this is fantastic. Yeah. I can speak five hours if you want, but I know that... That's fine, wherever it goes. So, yeah, so actually what happened is that when you, when you observe with the wild field, and if wild field com uh, composed with deep field, what happened is that astrophysicists uh, observed like galaxies, if you look at them, uh, you see that there are galaxies like they are curved. And number of galaxies, do, do, you, do you see what I'm talking about? Uh, I hope that I prepared some images. So, you know, they are like curved, like half, half a curve, half. And uh, those are not uh, numbered of galaxies that are, they are multiplied. Actually, what is happening that when you are observing and you are, you are in the same line of sight, you are here, the observer, you have a very big, massive thing here, and you are looking at a target here. So the light that is passing through this big shit here will play like... Sorry, you told me that I can swear. Yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> big shit. Do you mean a yeah. big, like a big galaxy or a super massive yeah, black hole? Or, or just, just a big star. Oh, even a big star, right. Yeah, because, because actually, actually our sun helped Einstein to calculate the deviation of the light. Wow. He was clever, that oh, bloke, yeah. wasn't he? He was quite yeah. clever, yeah. Yeah, and he didn't believe. You know, his calculation uh, were, were uh, just, uh, the results were just clever that he didn't trust them. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, you know, th this massive thing will play like a lens. You know, like, uh, well, I have, I have uh, you know, glasses, but now I put lenses. Uh, for the light, and um, so when 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 the light will pass from this star, it will deviate them. They will they will just converge. So they will um, blue. They will inflate virtually the light from the star. So this is why a galaxy away will look like it is inflated of the light. So a galaxy away will be like. Uh, inflated like this. And we have the ring of Einstein. I would really suggest, uh, I hope that if you want, we can talk about it later. It's, it's, uh, and this is a method with which we can observe uh, exoplanets because we inflate the small light, the small ZZ, uh, the small light of an exoplanet when it passes because we, we, um, we exaggerate 
with a loop. You know what uh, those, uh, when I will become very, very old, like 120, I will need a loop, you know? <laughs> so this is what will do a very massive, uh, for the uh, ma very massive uh, mass or, or galaxy or, or star for the light. And uh, those very uh, uh, Hubble Space Telescope did this. So can you imagine what a 6.5 uh, uh, telescope first time sent uh, on the Lagrangian point very far from any pollution, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what will do? Oh, so you mentioned the James Webb's going out like I think I can't remember the number you said over a million miles away. Is that purely yeah. to get away from our star, from the sun, for light pollution? Yeah, it, it is. It is. Well, well it is really. Uh, it's far from the moon. It's far from our Earth, but it is really between the moon, the Earth, and the sun. Huh? Right. So we are not that. Uh, we are not away from the sun. Because it sounds a long way, one and a half million is. miles. It is, it is a long way, actually. And why it is interesting uh, to, to go there, because it is, we have five points uh, that are interesting around any planet. So it's L1, L2, Lagrangian. And he is a Lagrangian, he's a French scientist, mathematician. And at that point, the L2, uh, well, I told you that it is like 3.5 or 4 times the distance Earth-Moon. Yeah. And the distance Earth-Moon, it's 385 uh, kilometers. Okay, or four, at MYN, medium, it's uh, average, is 400 kilometers. Yeah. So, uh, to just to remind uh, uh, our viewers, it is uh, the, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope, it was around 550 kilometers. Okay, it, it oscillates a little bit, 500, 550. Uh, why it's interesting to be at the L2? Uh, to be at the L2 because at those points of the Lagrangian point, it is made like this, that there are some points when we have an equilibrium between the centrifugal point and the gravitational point, centrifugal point and the gravitational point. So we don't need a lot of uh, uh, carbon, a lot of oil, a lot of petrol, a lot of forces, a lot of energy if you want, to rotate and to stay in equilibrium. And you know that to go to space, the first key is the energy. Yeah. Getting off the so, ground and out of the atmosphere. Yes, and to stay in orbit. Right, so it uses quite a lot of energy once yes. it's in orbit, does it, right? I of thought course. it would. I thought it would just sort of get, sort of be captured... With gravity somehow, I didn't think they used a lot of energy once they were up there. When you are, you know, you need, uh, when you are in the geostationary uh, or satellite and you are so, so close to the Earth, you need always to have a um, horizontal speed to always stay orbiting because right. the moment that you lose this horizontal speed, or parallel speed, you are attracted to the Earth and you just yeah. lose it. Yeah, this right. Is, this is what we call the... Um, what happened with the Chinese. Oh, yeah. They, they did not blow up a satellite or something. 
they didn't they, they didn't control it this oh, is right, uncontrolled okay. and they just wanted and and uh, it could uh, it could hit new york gravity. could hit new york uh, no, new no, zealand no, no, no. <laughs> no. do oh, you want me to oh, talk right, about yeah. it oh, that, no that. They, they they took they had a very scientific risk they won because they were just uh, sending it bef- uh, up to the 41.5 uh, up to the equator and down to the equator. So they knew that 70% was uh, covered by water. <laughs> so, so they took the chance and they won it. Mm-hmm. And it cost a lot to control a satellite. Well, so, so this is why. I mean, uh, one of the problems that I hear, I've heard about over recent years related to this subject is the subject of space junk. And there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of stuff rather than having these sort of controlled descents. I don't know how satellites are decommissioned or whatnot, but it seems that we hear a lot about there being a lot of stuff up there which is maybe out of service or it doesn't work anymore and it's cluttering the the shop. We have more than thirty thousand, <laughs> more than thirty thousand, yeah, junk around there. Wow. Uh, remind me to send you an image of the junks that you have around the earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was a huge. This one is huge. Yeah, this Chinese one. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it was not the first time. And uh, we have the, uh, the space, um, uh, the Chang Chong, I forgot its name, in 2019 that really came under uh, and entered also the... But it was not the first time. I remember, I I recall that Skylab also in the 70s, I was not born, but, uh, you know, it entered also the the atmosphere. It happens, but when it is done uh, in programmation, because, you know, you cannot hide things. When you want to send a satellite and you want to be controlled, there is a device put on the head of the satellite to be controlled, and right. it is not present. So they cannot hide. I seem to so, remember uh, Mir, the Mir, was it the Mir space station? Do you remember that from the, was it Mir, the 90s? Mir, Mir. Yeah, the Russian Mir, one, Mir, before Mir. the international one, yeah. Yes, yeah. I think, yeah. didn't that one burn up in the atmosphere as well? I don't know. Yeah, because they, they had a problem. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I think they had to evacuate it, didn't they? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah exactly. They really had the problem, and it was not really on purpose. <laughs> they didn't want to. No, no, they didn't want to evacuate the space to 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 leave the space for the ISS, and they really evacuated. Right. <coughs> you mentioned um, um, you mentioned exoplanets before, which I think is quite an exciting subject. Oh now, yeah. When I was when we were young lads. Young men, yeah. I I want to say that exoplanets, yeah, a long time ago, <clears throat> exoplanets were probably seen as maybe a rarity that they might exist. Well, that was their thinking, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, I seem to remember the thinking was that yeah, they may or may not exist. And it wasn't. It's only sort of quite recently. I want to say maybe in the last ten years, maybe even less than that, that we've had confirmation of the existence of exoplanets and it seems from what we hear is that they're more common than not and that it's that most it seems like the majority of stars seem to have some sort of exoplanet activity Uh, absolutely 
I thought the other thing as well is that um, finding ones that are in, is it called the Goldilocks zone, where water can be sort of um, in liquid and solid state and all the rest of it like it is here? That's another yeah. thing I sort of, that they might have found, or you might have found um, a planet in that zone. Well, let me tell you, it is not so new, but... As everything, humanity has to accept change. And trust me, scientists are not that... Um, what is the opposite of, of conservative? Liberal. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they are so conservative. Scient- <laughs> scientists, trust me, really, really, believe me. Yeah. And uh, it, it started uh, with Giordano Bruno. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Galileo and, as well. Yes, but Galileo, he, he was not um, burned because no. Giordano Bruno was burned. Yeah. He was oh, a right. priest and he said that, I don't think if God created this earth, he, he is not that, you know, he is so generous. He, he cannot just create in this really big universe to just create one planet. And he said that because he was a priest, so they burn him, Giordano Bruno. But Galileo Galilei, what did he do? He was so smart. Galileo Galilei, what he did? He said that if you want me to say that we are just alone and, and uh, the sun is rotating around the earth, okay, just give me my money. I will continue my research and I will tell you whatever you want me to say. <laughs> and he published his very big book, and, and he asked for his assistant to publish, publish it after he will die. Yep. And he said that, um, uh, but it's turning yeah. after w- when he was in the court. So, uh, and to continue this, it was in 1995 for the two uh, French and uh, uh, from Belgium, uh, th- they took the... Uh, when, when you know that things are turning, they studied in, they confirmed the detection of exoplanets in 1995. And they took last year, two years ago, sorry, the Nobel Prize for their detection. <laughs> so it took like 20 years or so <laughs> to, 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 to confirm yeah. their work. Uh, 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 what, what was the name? Sorry, Kellos, um, uh, Kellos, and I, I'm sorry. You can just write the names after. Yeah. But they they are really and one of them who detected it. He was his student for the other, the the more senior. And when he detected the signal, he sent it to his professor in Hawaii. And he said that, no, uh, redo your stuff. It is not uh, an exoplanet. They will mock us if you write it in a paper. And he said, sorry, but I did the observation three times. You cannot say this. And you know now, they waited for 20 years. And now the detection of an exoplanet is becoming, we have more than 5,000 exoplanets, yeah. more than more than three, 300 uh, Earth-like yeah. planets. Uh, and amazing, as, yeah, and you are talking about habitable zone-like. Yeah. What is, what is the habitable zone-like? When we are talking about habitable zone-like, first of all, let me tell you something. 
we are very limited as a human being, okay? Why? Because we know life as uh, we know it. What is life? It's about sponge. I, I call it sponge. It means that the DNA, sulfur, phosphor, oxygen, nitrogen, uh, hydrogen, uh, uh, and what is carbon? Carbon, it's very important. Sponge, S-P-O-N-C-H, okay? Right. So we are searching for a, a water-based life. So on, on Earth-like planet, solid, I cannot... Uh, we cannot search as scientists of life in uh, uh, Jupiter, for example. Mm -hmm. Maybe it exists, but for the moment, we need to search for life as we know. I always give this example. Well, if I will, uh, uh, I have money, coins, for example, and I lose my coins. I have light. So I put my light in this corner. They will tell me, uh, are you sure that you lost your coins here? I tell them, no, but the light is here. So I will, you know, this is what I know. This is what I search for. Yeah. And uh, so the habitable zone is related to several things. One, the habitable zone in the galaxy. Because if we are in stars in a very perturbed arm, we cannot live. So if we are in a very explosive supernova, dying uh, right, yeah. Yes, of course. You know that we are living in a local bubble that we have like minimum three supernovae. We are created from... Super we, yeah. You and me, we are stars. stars I am yeah. the universe and, and you... Every single particle in you, we are, we are the universe. And as I say, we are God because God is the universe. And God. <laughs> of course, don't laugh. No, it's amazing. Yes. It's an old. Course, it's I remember amazing. Carl. Sa I think it was Carl Sagan. Was it who said it, or was it um, the Miles? Not Miles Dyson. Um, Dyson. <laughs> What's it called? Today. No? Okay. Um, crikey, the American the one with the mustache, and he did that that TV series. <sighs> oh, American astrophysicist. She must know Serene. He's uh, got a double yes, barrel name. Uh, of course, of course, because he. Uh, because um, ah. I don't know. It's gone. No, yeah. Well, well, of course. Oh, Bennett, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Ben. Yeah. No. Anyway, we've digressed. Yeah. We were talking about exoplanets and the Goldilocks zone. So we need to no, be in. A, we need to be in a nice area of the galaxy to start with, where there isn't too many supernovas and, uh, and a nice star. Uh, I hate to, to not know a, a, a name of a person oh, that right, okay. I like. Are you Googling and you? Especially, yes. Oh, here we go. Tyson. 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 Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse oh, Tyson. that's him. So, not <laughs> Dyson. And, and you know that Robbie, Robbie, I really, I really, you know, I had tears in my eyes because he calls me that I am the Arabic uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that is what's the difference being compared to Brian Cox then? It's <laughs> your fault, Phil. Well, well he's, he's English, you know. He's an Englishman, Brian Cox. That's why I said Brian Cox. He seems like yeah, a lovely you know, man. Uh, the, you know, I tell you why. Because uh, English people are so humble and they don't know how to sell themselves. Hmm. 
I'm, 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 I'm very uh, serious in that. No, oh, yeah, I think you're right. Happy, right? I, I am. Have I you am. have, have, have you heard of uh, Boris Johnson? <laughs> uh, he is a very uh, <laughs> hum- yeah, humble to a fault. Doesn't know how to sell himself. Uh, uh, yeah, um, he is. Listen, he just got married, and uh, you know. Yeah, I've got I've got uh, a theory on that, but that's for later. Why he got married? Did he cut his oh. hair recently, or he you know? No, I think he had an accident with a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's a we always have to have the reason of voice, you know. Yeah, um, we, we've we've digressed again. What's the what, yeah, so the Goldilocks zone? The, habita- <laughs> yeah. the habitable zone, I think, is the uh, preferred yes. term. So the habitable zone, we have the habitable zone of the galaxy. So we have to be in between arms, like we are. And we have to be in uh, with a good distance of a star because the elimination of the star is very important. It, it doesn't need to be like a star of ours. Mm-hmm. And second, we need to have, a, 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 for the moment, we think that we need to have a, a, a rocky planets and good pressure and good atmosphere for the water to be present, to be sustainable. Um, this is something uh, yeah. something I wanted to ask. Then was, you know, um, sort of the importance of our the core of our Earth and the the magnetic field and sort of the theory behind that protecting the atmosphere. And you know, I've kind of heard that you know Mars had potentially had a, an atmosphere and its core died and it's kind of stripped okay. away. So, yeah. Um, is there a way to detect whether any of these exoplanets has a core at all? Or is it just that it's in that zone and sort of the light rays that are coming back seem that it's got the right kind of um, elements present in the atmosphere? Yes. we. If, if this podcast or this webinar uh, was uh, done like 10 years ago, mm. I would have said, no, it's really very difficult. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are really having an exponential uh, way to detect and to characterize the exoplanets. So um, it's it's not just important to detect the exoplanets, it's very important to characterize the exoplanets. Mm. Um, we can uh, characterize the exoplanets uh, if we measure the density of the atmosphere, we have the method of like the spectroscopy. And wow. the spectroscopy... Yes, this, it's, it's like a DNA, it's like the passport. Mm. Um, the spectroscopy is something really fantastic because we can look at, not look with as visible, we can observe. I, let me tell you, it's a really fantastic, okay? <laughs> so, uh, uh, okay, this is the sun, uh-huh. okay? This is the, not the sun, it's a star. And this is my cream, but let us say that it is the, uh, uh, the, the, the exoplanet. So when the exoplanet will pass uh, in front of the star, okay, mm-hmm. I, am the, I am observing the exoplanet. If the exoplanet has an atmosphere, mm-hmm. I will use the star to see what are the composition of the, what is the composition of the atmosphere. Yeah. By absorption or emission. Okay. So I will know if there is a C1, C2, water, and by the uh, uh, protection of the number of elements in the atmosphere, I Uh. will know if there is 
a, a, a magnetosphere, right, okay. if there is a magnet, because for the moment, our our um, our exoplanets are so are so far away. Yeah. I cannot send a radar, mm. and to see if there is a magnet. Mm. It's not like our uh, um, solar system, mm. uh, like Mars. Mars is like eight months. It's just here. Uh, mm. The moon is like uh, three days. Yeah. You know, I can just go for a week to the moon and I come back, you know, just mm. have a holiday. Uh, yeah. You know, let, let us just, ha just have our honeymoon at the moon, you know. But the, the, the exoplanets are really so far away. We can measure indirectly the, um, the magnetosphere of the uh, um, exoplanets. Right. But, but... I am not saying that we just measure indirectly the presence, the detection of the exoplanets, because 10 years ago and until now, we developed new methods to detect directly the exoplanets. And this is really fantastic. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah, so I remember when yeah, they yeah. first started being being found, it was that technique, uh, you know, you showed with the glass, and I think people were looking for the star going dim, and when the star yeah, dimmed, that meant that there was a, a planet sort of blocking yeah. the light that we saw, but th you're saying there's, there are more sophisticated methods now, are there, of detecting them? Oh, this is the transit method. Tra yeah, transit, yeah, so it transits in front of the star. Oh, yeah. So the transit method, my dear, is a very affected, uh, effective method. And with Kepler, if you look at... Uh, man, I feel so guilty. We ha I have to prepare... Because if, if you see that from 2016-17, the number of exoplanets detected and confirmed with Kepler by transit... Uh, you see that number is, is you know, ooh, like hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. And Kepler, uh, let me tell do you want to know about the methods, several methods? Yeah, yeah, the more sophisticated methods. You, you just uh, hinted before that there was sort of better methods now for, for finding and characterizing these planets. So Okay, okay. So exoplanets, now we believe, when I say believe, I'm not talking about religious okay? <laughs> Let me be clear. I don't have anything about religion, okay? But, but, but I believe in science. Let me tell you that, uh, well, I will deviate a little bit, but uh, physics is a very good uh, predictive uh, um, uh, um, woman or man. Because when I tell you X is equal VT, I can predict, if I know your speed, I can predict for you in one million years where you will be. So I am really Madame Soleil and a very good uh, psychic uh, for you. So anyway, so <laughs> okay, so equations are very good psychic. Anyway, so um, we have several methods, uh, the direct and the indirect. Uh, the, you, you, you talked about the transit, and if uh, you allow me, I will explain the indirect. Uh, if you are, uh, uh, now that I think that your uh, uh, movie theater opened again, or not yet? Yeah, just, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. But we too in, in Beirut. So if if you are watching a very beautiful movie and you are so excited and you have a very, very, very bad guy or woman, they are shouting and they will pass in front of your screen. What <laughs> you will tell them? Sit down! Uh, yeah. Exactly. So this is a transit because they will <laughs> dim your light. Okay? So this is... And if this... If they will do it in a periodic way, every three days, every one year, every, you know, then you will know that there is something. But it is not just that easy because maybe it is a binary star. Mm, yeah. mm, because more than 20% of the stars are binaries. You, there, is, there is a, a ratio of mass, of, of densities, and we do that study, but when it is a periodic, so there is something that is rotating, okay? So this is the transit. Second, so you have an elephant and you have a baby elephant. They are dancing together with their... Um, um, trunks. trunks. Trunks, yeah, okay. So mommy elephant is heavier than baby elephant. But when they are rotating, you will see that mommy elephant will move a little bit. So the center of mass of both of them will move. Yeah. And we will call this astrometry. They will not rotate in the, like as if mommy elephant is alone. Mommy elephant, the sun, will rotate like this. Yeah. So we know that, that mommy elephant has a companion, a baby. So <laughs> yeah. when we observe that, it is constant. Mm -hmm. So we know that the star has a planet. So it is called astrometry. And this is very, very difficult because the uh, stars are very far and we needed very complicated and very developed telescopes to observe this tiny, tiny change, mm. you know? We call them wobbling. Yep. And keep in your mind that the sun wobbles because of Jupiter. Mm. Even if the sun is 99.85% of the mass of the whole solar system, but Jupiter, because it's really our protector mm -hmm. in, the, in the solar system, but it makes the sun wobble, means that um, what I will, no, no, no. So this is the sun. So if it was alone, it will rotate like this. But because of Jupiter, it rotates like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the astrometry. Now we have another indirect uh, method. So imagine my head is a star, and every star emits light. Otherwise, we are not living, okay? Yep. And uh, we, don't, we don't have tan. That is no <laughs> yeah, really? Okay. So, and, uh, and the light uh, is going like this towards you on a frequency and like that away from you. So, and this is very well uh, um, uh, noted as a constant frequency for every star. So... When there is a companion, that light that is going towards to you is shifted. And this one, because it's rotating, this is my head, okay? <laughs> so it is really shifted. 
So when we see that there is a difference, because I'm rotating, <laughs> so this is the radial velocity. So what does this mean? means that there is another little uh, um, body that is disturbing my star emission. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. What they can come and, up with. Wow. It's amazing. And that is our friend Einstein's uh, uh, gravitational lens. Right, which so we talked Einstein about before said, with the, uh, yeah, the light Einstein bending. Did the calcula- yes, Einstein calculated and he said, guys, this would be fantastic, <laughs> but it is zero probability to have. In one line of sight, I am observing a star in the line of sight, in one fucking line, <laughs> I, star, uh, exoplanet, very far, and another thing that is enlightening me. Mm. And when this heavy thing will increase virtually with like a loop, and this would be fantastic. And he said this will never happen, never happen. And we have more than hundreds discovered like this. Wow. You said the, you yeah. said they've found 5,000 so far. I well, mean, so far. So, yeah, there's going to be, well, billions and billions and billions. Are these 5,000 sort of in our little corner of the galaxy? And, and <laughs> where, where are the nearest ones? How far are the nearest ones away? You read my mind. And I was telling you, I, I wanted to tell you that, oh, my friend, everything that we observed are in the line of sight, uh, not just in line of sight, in a small corner. Imagine that, imagine, and, and those are not all the data treated with Kepler and Koro and other and Hubble. Mm-hmm. We are, imagine that the galaxy is a saloon of two, 20 meters square. Everything that we observed is like in a small, uh, two centimeters, no, no, one centimeter. Wow. And, and those are not all the data. And uh, the, um, we had, I don't want to say uh, the BTs, like uh, we have like three light years, uh, 10 light years, 10 light years, 14 light years. We cannot go for the moment. Mm. But that, that's close. Like 10 light years, that's, that's close, relatively speaking, to, to us, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how? Yeah. Um, what's the nearest star? Is it? Is it it's not Alpha Centauri, is it? Three point, yeah, 3.4. 4. So we've got exoplanets yeah. pretty, essentially no. on our doorstep, no? No, the, the, sorry, the star, the closest star is 3.4. But I don't, I don't know why it's so close. If you, how it is so close, we cannot, we cannot travel at the light, at the speed of light. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean by that? Why is it okay. so close? It is not so close because what is 3.4 light years? Okay, means that if you and me, and uh, c- can you remind me your name? Matt. Uh, not Matt. Yeah. Thank you. So if, if Ben and Phil and Matt and Serene, uh, we go... And I, we, we, we did something that we can travel with the speed of light, which mm-hmm. is impossible. I will tell you why. Because E is equal mc squared, and I will tell you why. 
And uh, we need 3.4 years to arrive to the first star. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's so close. Mm. Can you be, can you be sit uh, to shit in your pants? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but Phil was saying, relatively speaking, like in the grand scale, if you take the scale of the entire universe, 3.4 light years to Alpha Centauri is yeah. relatively close. Yes. <laughs> But I am scientist, and I don't speak like this. I speak practically. This is why yeah. we you, need... You raise an to... important question, though, by saying that it isn't close. It, it almost makes you think, well, what's, what's the point, then? Why are we even bothering looking at these things? They're so far this away is... that they're, they're sort of irrelevant to us. This is... One second, because I'm, it's really hot here in, in, in Beirut. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it's too hot. Okay, so actually, uh, it is a very important question because when I studied astrophysics and when I, I do my research and, and I travel, everyone is asking me, why you do this and half of the population is dying? And I tell them, no, because everything what we are developing, you know how you are having, you know why we are having those conversations on internet? You know what is the VLAN? It was developed for astrophysics. You know what is the fiber optics? It was developed for astrophysics. You know how we clean water? You know Mm. what are the solar panels? Everything that we developed for astrophysics, it was then used after for for us. Astrophysics is not just to travel and to do star (laughs) observations. No, seriously. And then the human being, what is the difference? I love animals. I have two dogs, three cats. It's, it's not like this. Mm. But uh, everything that we develop is for the human being. The difference between animals and the human being is consciousness. And from the creation, when we had consciousness, after we, will, can, we can talk if it's God, if, it's, uh, if it is the Anunnaki or other or whatever. <laughs> but, but since we had this consciousness, we started to think, what there is after. Mm-hmm. Since we looked at this uh, moon, we thought that the, uh, the first thing, I don't know if you, if you know about this uh, uh, French uh, um, guy, uh, Georges Méliès, who did a movie going to the moon. There's a very well-known image about the moon, and yeah. there is a, 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 a shuttle in the yeah. eye of the moon. It's the yeah. first one. He's the yeah, 1906. Yeah. So he did the, yes. So this, since, since we thought about this mm-hmm. thing, that we, where are we from? And for example, Christoph Columbus. Christoph Columbus, he threatened the, the, the queen of uh, Portugal. He wanted to see what is going on. The Phoenicians, the Phoenician built from the cedars, the wood. We wanted to understand always. Otherwise, what is the difference between the, the consciousness uh, uh, existence, the animals, and the unconscious existence? We are animals, we are uh, conscious animals, and we are sociable animals. So this is why we need people who look at the sky, we need people who look at the earth, and we need people who are medicine, doctors, sociologists, psychiatrists, uh, and everyone. So this is why we uh, study that. And imagine that there is one 
creepy, uh, uh, crazy uh, uh, politician. And he will put on this nuclear thing. Mm. Imagine that. Seriously, I'm not talking politics. I'm, I'm really talking. Imagine that we didn't. Our aim is not just to colonize. I don't love to use this. Our aim is to discover. Yeah, yeah. Not to colonize. Mm. So to, to answer you, Ben, what is the use? The use is to understand that we are so small in the universe and to discover another way to travel. Because we know that with our methods, we are not going so far. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the distances are so far that we are, um, we our usual methods of propulsion are just never going to cut it. So that is going to give us the impetus to yeah. develop something new, think out of the box, mm-hmm. start punching yes. wormholes through the space time continuum. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> No? Let me tell you, uh, we know we use very well electricity. We don't understand very well no. magnetism. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we are just trying to understand magnetism. We don't understand it very well. Mm-hmm. If we if we understand it very well, I would you would have seen my hologram now in within your office. Yes. Good point. So, <laughs> we, one, and, and we don't understand very well gravity. If we mm. understand very well gravity, we would have created anti-gravity. Mm. And, I'm very, and I'm very responsible of what I'm saying. Yeah. This is like so, Bob Lazar territory, isn't it? It is Bob Lazar territory. It yeah. is, yeah. Yes, but the problem is when I speak science... I am, I am directly put, if I am not in the mainstream science, yeah. I am directly put in the uh, crazy <laughs> conspiracy theory. Uh, seriously. Yeah, yeah but, but it's, it's going back to Bruno. They, they, would yeah. have, they would have said the same thing about Giordani mm. Bruno. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Listen, I want to tell you something. Thank you for reminding me because I put it in a note and I put a pink... Pinkish, not because I am uh, I am uh, a woman, but because this is the only uh, <laughs> color I have at here. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, in the forty six, forty five. You remember when the Roswell things came and people were yeah. really telling that they were really seeing UFOs, <laughs> yeah. and they were telling them like for fifty years they were crazy. Yeah. Now they are calling it. UAPs. Uh, identifying yeah. uh, Aryan phenomena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when, yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe in 50 years they will talk about and understand some abductees. Um, well, I, yeah. I think there's been yeah, some quite ahead. convincing people recently, hasn't there? Um, I, I always forget his name. You, you're better remembering the. the Fravor? The, yeah, Commander Fravor in the US Navy. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you know. He has like uh, two charges, like I don't know what, and he was like, no, he no. Right. Yeah. 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 There has been. I mean, we're waiting, aren't we? There, there is, mm. there is supposedly going to be some sort of disclosure coming in the next couple of months, but 
don't expect much. No. I did, uh, yeah, I did a TV, Lebanese TV, and uh, I told them that they were expecting uh, a lot. You know, I, I was surprised that after this TV show, I, I, I was contacted to, to tell me I was I had a lot of messages to tell me that they really sh- saw UFOs in Lebanon and Beirut. They called the police. Oh, you drank a lot. You were hallucinating. Uh, yeah. You know, you're under, uh, you know, you don't have money or, or something. You are praying a lot or something like that. Wow. And, and yeah, so I don't think that they will say a lot. And this is what I really... Don't expect a lot. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. Serene, we've we've blown through an hour already. Have we? Really? Yeah, yeah we've gone over an hour like and ten minutes. minutes. Just means it I feels know. like we just started. I know, I know. We're gonna have to. We didn't even. I had. Oh, I'm gonna have to ask you one last question. Yeah. Look, we, might, we, we can have another one, like in a month, if you want, or in two weeks. Um, Absolutely. My uh, my five year old son asked me to ask you a question oh, while we had ahead. you here. And he wants to know how where the moon came from. Okay. Um, well, the moon came from at the beginning. Uh, well, any any star will form from a nebula. Okay. Well, we have a, a cloud, a very dense cloud like this. Let me show you. Yeah. So here you have you have a cloud, very dense cloud. It will collapse under the gravity. And when it is collapsing to conserve the inertia in the universe, nothing is lost. It will start to rotate. It will be like a pancake. So at a center, the gravity is so, so dense. Then we trigger the nuclear power. Then the sun is... Uh, uh, we call it a proto-sun, yes. Before the... <laughs> at the proto-sun, <laughs> then we have the... <laughs> we start to have small uh, uh, pieces of the uh, planetesimal. Then we have the Earth. The Earth is like uh, plasma, you know. It is forming big, big, big. And then we had Thea. Thea, who is Thea? T-H-E-A. So if you have friends mm-hmm. to, that you have Thea... So you tell her, thank you, because you formed the moon. And there is another planetesimal called Stea hit the Earth. It cut the Earth. The Earth was like plasma hot, you know, mm, Mm. plasma turning, you know. And it cut the Earth, and then a small piece went out. Thea was into pieces. No more Thea. And something that is near uh, us, it was so quick at the beginning, then it was so small, it cannot be a planet. It started to be our moon. It was so quick, then it started to be so small, and we just see now, the we are synchronized, we are tidal, and we just see one face of the moon. So it got trapped in, in, in Earth's gravity. Instead of going out and being its own planet, on its own yeah. orbit, it, it got be, captured, yes. captured by yeah. the Earth. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Exactly. And the moon is very interesting because it has uh, HE3, and this is why the moon and Mars are so interesting. What's what's HE3? Oh, helium-3. It can be a very interesting source, more important than nuclear. Oh, right. talk about it if you want. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Next time. Yeah, we'll save that for next time. Yeah. Right. We'll wrap up for there. 
yeah. Uh, for that, thanks for coming, Serene. It's mm-hmm. been uh, wonderful. I've been a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, thank uh, you. Stay on the line for us for two minutes while we play ourselves out. Um, where, do, where do people? Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, uh, Dr. Serene Name. They can find me on uh, YouTube, Dr. Serene Name Astro Channel. They can find me on Twitter, Dr. Serene uh, Name, and they can find me on uh, Instagram, Dr. Serene Name. Right. Well, I'll put all the links in the description if you want to check out Dr. Serene's work, which we'd highly recommend. And uh, yeah, stay on the line for us. We'll be back in a flash. Don't touch that dial. Sorry, and uh, LinkedIn. And can I say uh, thank you for Robbie? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Big up Robbie Robertson. Yeah. Right. Catch you on the flip side. Right then, we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That's our, doc- our doctor. That's our, our doctor. talk. <laughs> That's our talk with Dr. Serene and me. How cool was that? It was great. Excellent. A real live astrophysicist yeah, in the yeah. house. Enthusiasm, and passion, glamour, science. Worked for NASA. Takes all the boxes. She worked for NASA. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Excellent guest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you managed to cover. Two points on your list up there, Phil. So she's definitely coming back. Yeah, yeah, exoplanets and uh, maybe UAPs. Just about uh, James Webb. James, James Webb. Webb. We'll we need coming, uh, we'll an James episode on episode on single malts with her as well. Seems to be yeah. a, an aficionado. Yeah, we're gonna have to go, aren't we? We're gonna have to go to Beirut. Yeah, <laughs> go and uh, crash it, Doctor Serene's. Check out the the Trillithon at Balbec. Is that near Beirut? Uh, I think everywhere's near Beirut, isn't it? I don't know. I imagine is Lebanon quite small. It's not a big country. No, I thought so. It, you know, it'd be a. You know, we'll just hire hire a what a Lambo or something. Scooters, <laughs> <Put the> scooters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, we're gonna have to do it yeah, again, aren't we? Good. Yes. Do you not agree? Yes. I do. Right, should we move on? Should we do some housekeeping? Why not? Housekeeping! Housekeeping! Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. Live mix. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. This is a value for value podcast. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Find this podcast valuable. Please continue, consider returning some value. Mm. There's a myriad of ways of doing this. Mm. Becoming ben. a producer. <laughs> ben, how do you become a producer? I'll leave a review on iTunes or other platforms that don't charge you money to listen to podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? That's it. Oh, all right. You want me to do them all? Uh, buy some merch from the Amish loot chest. Link in the show notes, as always. Link in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Send us uh, news clips, yeah. timestamps, videos, um, pictures, audio uh, clips, request a jingle. Um, how audio many pixels? Clips, yeah. How many pixels should the artwork be, Ben? Oh, every time. Uh, I'm going to go. This time, I'm going to go four thousand eight hundred no. square. No. Too, too many. <laughs> minimum, minimum 
that yep. right? Yep. 1,400. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. The cutoff's about 4,000 pixels, I think. Yeah, about, about 4,000. But no one sends fucking artwork anyway, so it's it's uh, it's gauche. Yeah. Um, you might send it this time if we ask him to send us their best picture of hand-drawn in your non-dominant hand of an astral body. Yeah. So send him, send him in, and the best one will receive, I don't know. A producer credit. An episode one hundred eighty-eight. Yeah, there we go. Ofs. Um, Ofs. Uh, Timestamp things. That's very helpful, isn't it? Yeah, if you're sending videos or uh, audio clip, or you know, if you hear something weird in a podcast or whatever, then yeah, you, you can't just send us an hour-long episode of Jordan Peterson. You've got to timestamp it. Yeah, don't, uh, don't just uh, email us saying, "Did you watch daytime TV on Thursday?" <laughs> Do it. <laughs> this is something that's good on in- on Instagram. You know, there's a lot of short videos on Instagram that are like 60 seconds, two minutes, mm. with uh, crazy stuff on that you can uh, that are easily digestible. So yeah, forward them to us. Find us on Instagram, yeah, Facebook, Twitter. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and the Odyssey channel. More importantly, yeah, throw us some crypto. Yep. Someone threw us some crypto this week. Yeah, yeah, that's you, you get free yeah. crypto if if you use Odyssey. You get paid to use it. Um, so you know, chuck some our way if you find yeah. it useful. It's a good, it's a good platform. It ha- is so superior to YouTube in many ways. The only thing, the missing piece, which is coming imminently, is the Android app, and then that'll be me off right. YouTube. I think, right? Yeah, pretty much. But it's good. It's getting an iPhone like everyone else. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, <what>? investigative <laughs> okay. journalists yeah. can't u- use iPhones. Not clever enough, or. No, a because you can't take the battery out. All right. So when you go, we can't meet... take the battery out of a lot of Android phones nowadays. In fact, mm. I can't think of any where you can. Well, maybe they can't use them either. Maybe they just use flip phones. Maybe they just use Nokia thirty two tens. Maybe don't they don't know. take a phone. It's pages and notepads on yeah. the yeah. street nowadays. Probably. Um, jingle requests: five pound minimum fee. Minimum. Yeah, if you you know if you want to hear a, a mashup like uh, this is such a crock of feces, feces. <laughs> I got hairy legs. Because I'm literally a communist. Hairy legs, Christian communist. Hairy leg communist. Yeah, two go hand in hand. Fucking vegan. Uh, anything else? <laughs> Any other way to become producer? Uh, email us at thearmyshinkajishin at gmail dot com. Yep. Um, and that's it. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> can you toss us a fucking coin? Toss a coin to your witcher. Cut out. Oh, valley of plenty. Oh, valley of How plenty. dare you? I've been coming to terms with the fact toss that I am fucking vegan. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international under pressure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, if you go to thearmsinquisition.com, you'll find the PayPal button there, and you can give us a one-off dona- donation or sign up for a, a recurring, sustaining, monthly... Mm. You know... Sustain us. Sustain us with um, sustenance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, oh, with the imminent release... Well, I'll say imminent. The release of The Witcher Season 2, whether we'll be able Ooh. to update Tosses the Fucking Coin... <laughs> <coughs> two coins. Maybe someone requested that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, you'll have to send us like a time-stamped clip or something. 
Okay. Because I don't watch it. <laughs> what platform's it on? Netflix. TV. TV. It's <laughs> <laughs> on TV. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch it. Although I believe it's it's good. It's okay. You know. It's okay. It's got it's got lots of boobs in. I believe he grunts his way through it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit cheesy. It's just like it's basically just like the video game. I've huh. only played it a little bit, but yeah. Right then, shall we watch a uh, a Destiny TV show? Or would that just be so awful? Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I can just about play the game, so I have to watch it as well on the telly. Keeping up with the Zavalas. <laughs> Keeping up with the Savants. 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 Yeah. It, what's Savants got to do with Destiny? The ones that just like killers all the time. Oh, oh sweat lords. Yeah. Oh, I was. Yeah. I know what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to be funny. I thought. Well, I was trying to be funny too. We only laughed nice at your guys. own joke. Uh, I, do. I do. I do. I do generally. It's a good tactic. It works. Yeah. Right. Uh, shall we thank the producers for episode one eight seven? Okay. Go on. I think, it's, I think it's time. It's time to big up the man Dems. Yo. We have Gav Scott, Daniel Garcia, Slicko83, Nomi Nosnodge, Robbie Robertson, Anonymous, and everyone who bought merch this week. They are. Yeah. So amazing. And they're chest feeding. Love. Literally. <laughs> the best mate. People are suffering. I'm too weak. Oh, don't kill me. I'm a blind man. The dwarf. The garrots. The grape. The homophobe. The winds. The asthma. The corp wop. Cunt. The number 11. The blind man. The fallen on the horizon. The cripple and the mother of... An old friend is here. From hell. Brilliant. Delightful. Yeah, thanks for your support for another week. Producing this podcast. It's much appreciated. Some a uh, couple of new names on the producer list, which is always yeah. nice to see. Nice to have the interaction. Welcome aboard. Yeah. How dare you? People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like... It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. You're a lion dog face pony soldier. You... We've been tracking the uh, propaganda PR wars, haven't we, between AstraZeneca and Pfizer over the last six months? A little bit. I think this is the week that AstraZeneca struck back. Oh, right, I've not seen, I've not seen. Oh, have you not seen about the, uh, what are you looking at? Just a, just a dead moth on the, <laughs> on the, on the soundboard. Not, not to me. <laughs> oh, my God, it just can't handle, can't handle those beats. It's just <laughs> been zapped. <laughs> Died on the roadcaster. 
Yeah, the week that AstraZeneca struck back because they released a study about um, comparative fatalities after the Pfizer and the AZ jab. Here's a oh. story from... Because we talked talk about this weeks ago. But anyway, here's uh, RT. Good evening. We begin with breaking news on the AstraZeneca vaccine with the Therapeutic Goods Administration linking the jab to eight more cases of blood clots. <laughs> so, what? Oh, hang on! No, that was the wrong clip. Oh no! Spoiler. That was uh, that was Australia. Yeah, he didn't sound that Russian. Was that wasn't Russian, was it? Try this one. This is it. Oh yeah, it's called Pfizer lethal. <laughs> Worrying development for countries relying on the Pfizer COVID jab. A leaked study by rival firm AstraZeneca found that in several European countries, the number of fatalities after inoculation with the Pfizer vaccine was higher than with its own. According to the research, then, in France, there was over double as many deaths per million, while in Germany, the difference was even starker, over four times. In uh, Norway, Austria and Italy, Pfizer's also apparently more fatal. Though in the UK, interestingly, though, which prioritised is AstraZeneca, the situation's reversed. Meantime, Western outlets have been... Yeah, do you want some stats? Got some stats for you. Okay. And this Bring is the... Uh, Stato. Report on vaccine fatalities. Deaths per million doses. <laughs> France. AstraZeneca, 17.9. Pfizer, 45.3. Germany. AstraZeneca, 6.5. Pfizer... 29.9. United Kingdom. AstraZeneca, 24.4. Pfizer, 20.7. So weird, yeah. It's like four times as many uh, pulse vaccination fatalities from the German numbers. I wonder why, wonder why there's such a difference between countries. Because the UK gave it to the old folks. Uh, and everyone in Europe said, "No, we can't because <laughs> we're not tested it." Before and they're then. all dying. <laughs> well, only like forty-five out of a million are dying. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, it was strange, wasn't it? Do you remember? It was called the vaccine wars, and we yeah. were giving stick to Macron and all these yeah. filthy euros for for <laughs> oh, yeah. blooming dis- discrediting our our treasured Oxford vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why the, there's a, an incongruence in the fatality numbers, because we didn't. Yeah, good point, yeah. Will be, won't it, I suppose? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Was it... But then it did get approved, didn't it, in Germany? They, pu- sh- they paused it for ages, didn't they? And then... Uh, you know what? Well, and even in the UK, it's it's under 40s, I think, now, isn't it? They can't have it. <coughs> Under yeah, 30s, under 40s oh, well, you now. can't have it. Sorry, yeah. under 40s. Yeah, now. Yeah, whereas uh, the rest of Europe put in age stratified vaccine recommendations early doors. Yeah, maybe maybe that has some effect. Who knows? Who knows? But like this, is, we mentioned this weeks ago, didn't we? But is it doesn't the Pfizer one cause a, just a different type of blood clot? Splash. <laughs> The, uh, oh, yes. Splatchnik. Splatchnik, is it? Splatchnik. Splatchnik. <laughs> thrombotic event. I don't know. Okay, so... They don't know, do they? I, no. So, I mean, I thought, yeah, for some reason in my head, I had that the AstraZeneca one caused sort of brain blood clots for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, <clears throat> venous thrain, vein thrombosis. And then I thought that the Pfizer one caused 
more like ones in your lungs and stuff. Pulmonary thrombosis. Maybe, yeah. But I might be wrong. Probably am. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know. Good news, though. They're giving it to the kids. 12 to 15. No. It's been approved now, hasn't it? For the UK. Well, it was approved, wasn't it? And then now, then they're going to decide whether to do it, I think, what is what I read. Uh, it's going to go to the JCVI. Right. To make a decision, and then they're going to say, whoa, 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 this is a decision for the politicians, not yeah, us. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Come on. Yeah. We're not going to be uh, well, on, the, on the hook for this. Wasn't there a point at which... Um, the AstraZeneca jab becomes profitable. They could only make money after a certain amount of time. Of June it's now, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I thought it was right, June. Okay, and July. so well, what's the best way of getting some more vaccines? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, opening it up to younger people. Yeah. So that's they're going to make. It's not, it's not the AZ though. It's only the Pfizer that's been approved. Yeah, for yeah. for uh, twelve to fifteens, and the current recommendations is people under forty can't have AstraZeneca. Uh, so, of course. I like your thinking, but it doesn't. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> well, it's yeah. it's not panning out in this country anyway. In that, it's they, good, but it's not right. <laughs> they seem to want to give young people Pfizer, and right. you know that is the Bentley of the vaccine, isn't it? You know, I got the Pfizer. Is it? Well, that's the way they've they've sort of placed themselves. I, I suppose they so, have, haven't they? Because they've got 95, they claim 95% or whatever. More so in the US. There is this right. sort of vaccine snobbery. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you, you got the Johnson & Johnson. Oh, yeah. God. It's that made with eggs or something. Yeah. <laughs> old school. Not like the, well, the Chinese one's the only old school one, isn't it? Where they okay. smash, smash the full virus up and give you the full virus. All right, okay. Apparently. But uh, not as effective. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently, that allegedly. I mean, that's is this not what they're saying about Chile or Peru? Yes, a lot. Well, this is giving them the China have, have got the jump on Amer- on the United yeah. States as far as vaccine diplomacy has. They rather than vaccinating their own country with their vaccine, they've been sending it around the world. Uh, yeah, because you know they just like <laughs> weld people in houses. But maybe, maybe they're putting like nanobots. In Peruvians and Chileans. Well, if you look at the figures from Peru, it doesn't seem to be working maybe as well as they'd hoped. No, the vaccine, yeah, but I mean, did they not say it had like 30% efficacy? Some studies, like when it turned up, it wasn't great. Oh, that might have been the Russian one, actually. We need to build more pyramids to the efficacy gods. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, uh, it didn't stop there. AstraZeneca's fight back, right? Uh, it's probably a bit late. All this it's been banned. Uh, got an article here from ScienceMag.org. A report on myocarditis from Pfizer. Something else we talked about weeks ago with the American serviceman. Oh, the heart thing. Inflamed heart. <laughs> Inflamed heart muscle myocarditis. Yeah. Israel reports link between rare cases of heart inflammation and COVID-19 vaccination in young men. I've just got the first paragraph. The COVID-19 vaccine made by Pfizer and BioNTech appears to put young men at elevated risk of developing a heart muscle inflammation called myocarditis. Researchers in Israel say, in a report submitted today to the Israeli Ministry of Health, they conclude that between 1 in 3,000 and 1 in 6,000 men aged between 16 and 24 who received the vaccine developed the rare condition. <laughs> Not so rare. 1 in 3,000. 
but most cases were mild and resolved within a few weeks, which is typical. I can't imagine it's going to be anything that would cause medical people to say we shouldn't vaccinate kids, says Douglas D. Kemmer, a paediatrician and bioethicist at Seattle's Children's Hospital. Yeah, so most of them, they only had to stay in hospital for about six days. And, uh, and then, you know, who knows, maybe they'll be on medication for a bit for the rest of their lives. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's being brushed off as nothing, you know. It's just, uh, it's mild. It's just a bit of an inflamed heart. You'll get over it. Maybe don't do any exercise for a bit. Mm. Yeah. But the thing that struck me was the, uh, the ratio, one in 3,000 to one in 6,000. That's high. It's a lot, that isn't it? Yeah, when you're talking millions or billions, if you're doing the Earth, like yeah. Bojo said at the G7, we're going to say, "Oh, the fucking G7." Vaccinate the Earth by 2022. There is a there is an ethical um, consideration in someone of my age refusing a vaccine. When, you know, there are people in their 70s and 80s in India who don't have access to a vaccine. Yes, very true, isn't it? That's my argument currently. Mm. And that's fairly boring. everyone else first. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll just be al- altruistic. Just I'll be last in the queue, no problem. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> uh, Pfizer hit back in the PR wars. Later this week, this is what I played before. By accident, and this is from uh, Seven News in Australia. I think I'd say from seven years ago. <laughs> Good evening. We begin with breaking news on the AstraZeneca vaccine with the Therapeutic Goods Administration linking the jab to eight more cases of blood clots. And Robert Ovadia joins me. Now, Rob, you have more details on those clot cases. Mark, it's not particularly helpful PR for either the federal government or the AstraZeneca rollout. Pretty good for Pfizer, though. Yes. Itself, AstraZeneca, of course, has been marketed as very safe for over 50s. Well, of the eight people identified late today, we have learned that one woman is in her 40s, but the other, others are all over 50, the two in their 60s and five people in their 70s. So that certainly will not help the government's message. And from all health officials who suggest AstraZeneca is absolutely safe, to be fair, the stats really do bear that out. There are 41 Australians who have been afflicted with blood clots from AstraZeneca. So we, we don't give a AstraZeneca to under 40-year-olds? No, yeah. No. not Yeah, yeah. we were doing from December. Uh-huh. Uh, most of those cases in Australia. You've got to bear in mind that Australia are months and months behind us in their rollout. Yes. We were the first, us in Israel. Mm. So we started with the oldest, the most vulnerable. <laughs> started pumping them up. And Australia are finding that this blood clot thing is not a young person thing. They're getting it in people in their 60s, 70s. Well, that's what, what, what Big Yido said, wasn't it? Yeah, if you well, if this is happening in young people, why on earth would you think that it wouldn't happen in old people? Yeah, so he said, didn't he? He said, like, you know, they first noticed it in a cluster of 20-odd-year-old women getting these blood clots for no reason after having the vaccine. So, you know, if yeah. it's a present there, then it's obviously going to be present in people who are more prone to having those kinds of... I mean, if you're an, an ER doctor, yeah. 75-year-old woman comes in. Yeah. Stroke. Yeah. Well, yeah, 75-year-old women doesn't have stand strokes. out, does it? 
No. The, the only reason that we know about this is because it's been happening to young people. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, like you say, it stands out against the background mm. uh, <coughs> rate of these conditions. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what happened in December and January in the UK when we were dishing this stuff out, 100,000 doses a day, 200,000 doses a day. We'll never know. Is it not like, yeah, I thought it was like hundreds of thousands a day. It was, yeah. Days. Yeah, it was getting up. I think America have done, have got approached half a million a day. Right, okay. I don't think we did. I think maybe we we, we got over 100,000 a day, definitely. Maybe I'm thinking weeks. I remember maybe it's a week we did like 750,000 in one week or something. Yeah, sounds doable. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway. That's all the sort of disturbing news, anyway. Okay. To be fair, Good. we've definitely oh, done. He's half, back. Sorry, we've definitely done half a million a day. Have we? Yeah. So oh, what? Maybe it was. Days. I think seven hundred thousand was, or close to seven hundred thousand was the record in a day. In a day, yeah. Mm. That's great. Good for good for science. Science. Ooh, We're gonna learn science. a lot. Yeah. Uh, right, should we move on? Something should we, it gets funnier as it goes. <laughs> this uh, this podcast, yeah, funny how yeah. you're familiar with Aussie Reels football for real. Is that Joe? something to do with Black Sabbath? <laughs> Don't, not getting the reference. Oh, Aussie Reels. Osborne, Aussie, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. it's I think it's some sort of bastardized rugby. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think you can bounce it, can't you, and run. You can something about bouncing it, yeah, and you can run <laughs> with an egg, and you can you can smash as well. <laughs> you can smash, can't you? At, but like beat each other up. That's just like rugby union, though, isn't it? Oh right, I thought it was more over like ice hockey. Maybe I'm talking. All right, smack. maybe I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty rough from what I hear. There, there's been sort so of the uh, one with golf clubs and with nets at the end. That's lacrosse. That's lacrosse. Lacrosse or Gaelic football, you might be thinking of. But they don't have sticks in Gaelic football, do they? Oh, no, there is a sport. What's it called? Stick ball. (laughs) (laughs) You have a shillelagh. (laughs) And a bodrum. Isn't that a drum? (laughs) Yeah, Isn't that what it's drum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and there's a a ball involved, obviously. Isn't bodrum in (laughs) Turkey? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, poor uh, oh, cracky. What was the ancient name for Bodrum? I should know that. <coughs> you should. I'm disappointed. Oh my gosh, it's gone. It's lost in the mind palace. It's gone. Yeah. Who even are you? There's a big Aussie rules football match been happening, and you know, uh, is it Victoria? I think the state of Victoria has gone back into lockdown because obviously, you know, it's the it's the, it's the uh, they're going zero COVID, aren't they? Isn't it? Victoria, yeah. I don't know if he, yeah, Andrews. I don't know if he's still in charge or whether he's been uh, hoisted by his petard. (laughs) (laughs) Down to, yeah, there was a big um, interstate uh, Aussie Rules football match. So, team traveling into Victoria or out of Victoria into somewhere that didn't that wasn't in lockdown. So they had to they had to make special dispensation for this game to go ahead. They didn't have to quarantine then. Well, they made some sort of special. Well, it's like the G seven. You know, those fuckers aren't quarantined, are they? There's thousands of them coming to Cornwall. Oh, the security, yeah. the entourages, the yeah, PR, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the set, the backroom staff, none of them are quarantining. Mm. Rules oh, for these. That's thee. where the third wave's coming yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. Why can't they just do it over Zoom? 
Yeah, and, you know, yeah. save the whale at the same time. Mm. Climate change. How dare you? Exactly, yeah. Hurt the Bible, hurt God. <laughs> hit the Bible, hurt God. <laughs> How dare you? Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. So anyway, this Aussie rules football match. Fuck, you know, let's get there. The, uh, the public health um, monarch had some, <laughs> some advice for people if the ball ends up in the crowd. Oh, no. But just to demonstrate how nuts these politicians and bureaucrats have become, you have just got to hear the advice from South Australia's Chief Health Officer, her advice to people who go along to watch the footy match at Adelaide Oval. Have a look. We're working with Adelaide Oval at the moment because we cannot have any um, interaction at all. We're looking at the seating at the moment and, of course, we're looking at the ball because sometimes the ball, as not that I've been to many football games, I have noticed occasionally it does get kicked into the crowd and uh, we are uh, working through the details of what that will mean. If you are at um, Adelaide Oval and the ball comes towards you, my um, advice to you is to duck and just do not touch that ball. Oh, good Lord. Better still, when they toss the ball back onto the oval, warn the Collingwood players not to touch it. <laughs> I keep saying, I keep saying this, uh, this country, I don't recognise it anymore. This is not the Australia I know. If there are kids at the footy... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a bit wild, isn't it? I mean, is it, I wonder if it's fully attended or if it's like, you know, like we've got here, sort of like 10,000 in a 90,000 stadium. I don't know. Um, they sort of... They're going for this zero COVID policy, aren't they? So maybe they are more free. As the whole country is going for zero COVID, or just Victoria? Well, yeah, all the whole country. Yeah, they've they've shut the borders, and it's what Have we're it. doing now. You know, Have you, I don't know if you saw any of the uh, the politics on this morning, well, that, more and whatnot. That's not going to happen now. This is what's going to happen. We're yeah, going to no. shut down international travel. Oh no, we are. <laughs> When? Do you not see Portugal got taken off? Uh, yeah. Yeah, every time there's a new variant, that's the excuse. No international travel. Right. Until the world has been vaccinated. <laughs> They've boxed themselves into this corner. Boxing. And uh, Andrew, and it wasn't Andrew Marr. Who was it talking to... Uh... But I thought, sorry, I thought that this had kind of been done with like this whole non... You can't go unless it's essential travel. So people just say, yeah, well, my fucking mum's dying in America, Disneyland. So, you know, I've got to go. <laughs> no, I think uh, travelling abroad for summer holidays uh, is going to be out this year and next year. Oh, do you I, know? I would imagine. I was really look. Do you know what I found out about my the school that my son goes to? I We get an extra week off, which I thought was going to be a massive painting my huge anus mm. um but what it is is the 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 add up all of the inset days and we have two weeks at this half term basically so what yeah. i was thinking is next year i could have a relatively cheap holiday abroad in this second week unless you want to go like to the falklands exactly that's, that's what happen. i mean so now you just wrecked that plan that was my well it you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be this way but yeah. if everyone just acquiesces and plays along, yeah, will be. Unfortunately, the great British public are against me. Mo yeah, the majority are. Yeah, they? the yeah. majority just want more. Yeah, more. they don't want June the twenty-first to happen on yeah. recent polling. 
Really? Yep. Yeah, the majority of the population do not want the uh, the la- laxing of restrictions on June the 21st. For what reason? Uh, India. <laughs> you know, the old... Uh, Deadly variants or political scariants. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's going to happen, in it? Because it's the 5th of July, Hancock said today, hasn't he? Not 5th of July. Yeah, 5th of July, yeah, because it's 21st of... That's what he's mentioned, sorry. He's talking about that in two weeks, isn't he? Yeah. Add two weeks, yeah. And then after that, it'll probably be masks and social distancing still. Yeah. I would imagine, at a minimum, maybe some sort of regional controls. Well, it will just be locked down again, won't we? Like the tier four or whatever stupidness it was. Monitor the wastewater. <laughs> Look for some, some ooh, ooh, spice. I saw spike protein. Lock the fuckers down. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Wuhan lab theory. There was a good uh, piece in the Spectator on Spectator TV. Did we? Sorry, did we finish the rules thing? I forgot. Uh, yeah, just don't touch the balls. All right, don't, okay, that's fine. Whatever you do, put your hands in your pocket. Duck. Don't touch your balls. I wonder if they're going to do anything like that for the Euros. Then sorry. Oh, I hope so. I hope so because it's it's <laughs> forest, isn't it? It's descending into forest and. Because the finals, I, fe- I feel like I'm above all this shit, and I can just laugh at it. <laughs> the finals at Wembley, in a football it? match, there's about. 300 footballs knocking around down the side anyway. They don't they don't use the same ball, do they? No, it's... Or do they? I think, actually, now you've reminded me, they've got about... Yeah, so they've got them all the balls around and they get cleaned. <laughs> I think they get cleaned. You, you wash your balls? Yeah, so the balls are cleaned and placed on a cone. Fuck me. Like fo- football fluffers. Yeah. So it's not ball boys, I don't think. Maybe it's like COVID... Ball boys. COVID boys. COVID boys. <laughs> ball handlers. Yeah. <coughs> COVID ball fondlers. So uh, anyway, Spectator had biologist and journalist Matt Ridley on, uh, talking about whether SARS-CoV-2 could have leaked from the Wuhan lab. And uh, the first clip's about the, the sort of different levels. We, we, everyone's been talking about this level four lab. It's a level four lab. It's one of the only level four labs in in the China. Did Ben not work in a level four lab? No. Yeah, he's nodding. Really? Don't think so. He nodded. What's the, what's the requirements for a level four lab, Ben? Uh, extra lab coat. No, I've I've worked in a grade eight clean room oh, under pandemic conditions. Well, Matt, Lib- Matt Ridley's going to break down the difference between level four labs <laughs> yeah, listen, and whatnot. Ben. Well, very interestingly, in 2018, uh, the American embassy in Beijing sent a delegation to Wuhan to look at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, specifically to look at its biosecurity level four lab, which is the highest biosecurity level. That's the one which you do Ebola research in. Um, uh, funnily enough, SARS does not require BSL-4. It requires BSL-3. Uh, and they made several suggestions about how this wasn't being, uh, that the safety and security procedures were not good enough and ought to be improved. This was uh, China's only and first biosecurity level four lab was in Wuhan at this institute. Now, as I say, they were doing experiments in BSL-3 on SARS itself, but... The bat viruses, the ones they were collecting in the wild from bats, which were not very good at infecting people, most of them, (laughs) uh, uh, they were doing that at biosecurity level two. 
And that was what the international rules said, by the way. Now, in BSL-4, you're in a spacesuit, you're breathing through an air tube, uh, you know, there's negative, uh, positive pressure in your suit so that you can't, you know, if you puncture it, nothing comes in. Um, uh, BSL-3, it's not quite like that. You are at least breathing the air, but uh, you are totally enclosed in a suit and you're working within a a sealed cabinet, which is negative pressure. BSL-2... You're just wearing goggles, a mask, and a lab coat. That's it. So is he kind hey, of right? BSL three. <laughs> so you, are you saying that he's kind of suggesting that this virus came from a bat in that lab? <coughs> it seems like you could work with bat coronaviruses mm. under BSL two conditions. But then you know that could be that could be going on in any kind of level two lab then. Yeah, but there was a moratorium on gain of function research in the world uh, by the US, and that's why um, the US NIH through the Intermediate Eco Health Alliance was funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology to do this work for them. <laughs> Peter Dazak. The, the head of the charity, Equal Health Alliance, the guy who was running the, who was on the UFO, uh, UFO, the WHO team to look for the uh, origins of the virus. He's becoming a central figure in this. Right. And, uh, yeah, but it just shows the conditions that they presumably were working in. Uh, it doesn't sort of, it doesn't make the lab leak theory any less likely, does it? No. No. Um, is he then goes on about the database of viruses that they were working with, coronaviruses at Wuhan. You might, uh, the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology says, look, if we'd had this virus in the lab, we'd have published it. Well, would you? In, in, in February last year, they published uh, the virus, uh, the, the genome of the virus that was closest related to this, and they'd had that since 2013. So they don't publish things immediately. They had a database with 22,000 entries in it, 15,000 of which were about bat viruses. They were both data on where it was collected, but also genome sequences and partial genome sequences. Now, that database, 22,000 items, went offline on the 12th of September 2019, before the pandemic began. And they've come up with all sorts of excuses why they won't share now what was in it. They say, well, there are hacking attempts to it. Well, all the more reason to, to, to show uh, legitimate inquiries what's in that, that database. So that's a bit of a coinky ding, isn't it? That all the information disappeared shortly before the pandemic hit. Offline. They took it offline in September 2019. Oh, you know, for reasons of security. Mm-hmm. don't want it to be hacked. Mm. I mean, the problem is, is it, you know, I mean, every country is, you know, I suppose covers things up and lies. But does China do it a little bit more? Well, yeah. There you go, then. Well, they're less transparent, aren't they? They're communist. Yeah. Well, what's happening with the Uyghurs? Yeah. Foreign journalists. Yeah. Hong Kong. It just goes on and on, doesn't it? Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, It talks about the related virus that they might have, may or may not have been working on. Um, Yeah. also, when they published that related virus that, that's the closest relative of SARS-CoV-2 um, uh, in February last year, 
They disguised its origin, changed its name, did not mention the fact that three people had died in the mine shaft where it was collected, and didn't say that they'd found eight other similar viruses at the same time. Now, that is not the behaviour of a group that thinks it's innocent. Now, it says it's innocent, and, you know, the Chinese government says it couldn't have come out of, of the lab, but in that case... Be transparent. Open your books. Show us what you've got. And we will no doubt be utterly convinced. I mean, the other the other issue, you know, it might be the COVID issue, um, but, you know, what else were they kind of doing there? They didn't want us to know that wasn't, you know, it's completely unrelated to COVID. Yeah, lack of transparency. He summed it up perfectly there. Show us what you've got. No. Show me what you got. <laughs> you know. Show us what you've got. Show me what you got. Do you think? Is this going to keep building? Show us what you've got. I like what you got. Good job. <laughs> That's all we're asking, isn't it? Show me what you got. <laughs> and uh, it's just been denied. Yeah. Do we share, and just to play devil's advocate here, do we share oh. what we're doing in Porting down with with other countries, not with China. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. No, no. But no. Uh, has has any? Uh, when was the last time something came out of porting down and shut down the entire world? World War Z. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this did. World War Z. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, World War Z. That was port. Was that porting down? Yeah. Is it in Wales? No. no probably not then. I don't know. He, he crashed his plane, didn't he? And he was the last bit of the film's in. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, it might be. Just mind yourself. Okay, he's getting a beer. Got more lined uh, up in the front there. I, I found an undrinkable one. <laughs> was it the eggnog one? No. Uh, for some reason, they gave me two of the undrinkable. A splice of heaven. Pine lime ice cream IPA. Do you want Christmas it? tree. I'll drink it. You, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drank half of it and I thought, no, I'm, I'm too old for this shit. I'm chucking it away. Oh, it's got vanilla it in it. It's like a magic tree. Air freshener. Six and a half percent as well. <laughs> Pale wheat oats. Crystal. What the fuck? It's got crystal, crystal in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hops, tomahawk, kohatu, citra, yeast, American, other stuff, vanilla. Yeah, you can knock yourself out. You can have that as a, a gift. Where does it say lime? There's not pine lime, pineapple and lime ice cream. Oh god, yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, not pine tree. Not pine tree. No pineapple and lime ice cream flavored beer. No. The scientists were so busy figuring out whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. If they should, yeah. I'm sure That's I've seen... Pine. I've seen a picture of vegetable stock beer this week. <laughs> vegetable stock flavoured beer. No. I'll, to, I'll dig it out. I'll see Are you sure? Because um, there's, you can buy stock in beer cans now. No, I'm not, pretty sure it was a beer. Not, not bacon. Be a can. <laughs> oh, why you? If go- I find it, we can put it. Why are you googling screen? that? My uh, my favorite TV personality in the country is back in our screens. 
Doctor, what's his face? Richard Maidley. Oh, Dr. Richard Maidley. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Richard Maidley is doing a, his uh, guest presenting on Good Morning Britain. You know, they sacked Piers off. Well, have you been... Have you, have you, uh, I know the answer to this is going to be no, but have you been watching this time with uh, Alan Partridge? No. You see, it's been very funny, this series. I've watched it, but the more I watch it, it is just Richard Maidley. Alan Partridge it's is Richard funny, Maidley. Yeah, you make that, uh, that comparison. Here we have uh, Maitley Partridge, part one. It's hard, isn't it? Because I think you have the vaccine for yourself, but you also have the vaccine to for, protect for everybody else. Yeah. So if you don't have the vaccine, potentially you are putting other people at risk yes. as well. So I was keen to have it, not, not only for my sake, but also actually to help everybody out of this together. And one of the reasons, for example, that we have a, a law that says you must wear a seatbelt is not just to protect the person wearing the belt. It's that if you don't wear a belt and you have a high-speed crash, you go through the windscreen, mm. you might hit somebody else. Yeah. I mean, actually, that can happen. So... <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, you see it all the time, don't you? Just people <laughs> flying out of car, car windscreens left, right and centre, don't you? Fuck me. He's thinking of... Do you not remember that, that advert for putting your, <laughs> putting your seatbelt on kids and they turned into an elephant oh, and it came God. smashing through the... Yeah. When you crash, your five-year-old attains the math, <laughs> the force of a baby elephant. Yeah. <laughs> Clunk, click, clap. (laughs) Every trip. (laughs) What do you say? No, it's face, space, (laughs) fresh air. Um, I don't know. Crevice, spevice. (laughs) Yeah. Wash your hands. As I said, he's standing in for Piers, Piers Morgan, and he was talking to another stand-in this week, Kat Dealey. Oh, she smells it's, on my TV. She still smells on your TV, and she smells in the in Lorraine's slot. Is she on Lorraine now? She's standing in for I Lorraine. I thought she'd made it big in America doing something. Well, she's come back with her cat's tail between her legs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we she's had... so lovely, cat. Sorry. We had Maidley standing in for Piers, talking to uh, Cat Dealey, standing in for Lorraine, and uh, I think this joke fell slightly flat. <laughs> So you, so you and me are doing the same thing here, aren't we? We're, we're both guest presenters. We're, we're, we're dipped, and it's all the fun with none of the responsibility. Oh, exactly. exactly. I can't believe they've let me do it all week. <laughs> I, thought I'd get, I thought I'd get the heave-ho on Monday. So did I. I watched you. the show. I mean, it's awful. Good work. <laughs> all right, Thank great, you, guys. Have a great show later. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Have a great oh. see you later. <laughs> oh, f- fuck. Oh, let's have it again. Come on. You, so you and me are doing the same thing here, aren't we? We're, we're both guest presenters. We're, we're and it's all the fun with none of the responsibility. Oh, exactly. exactly. I can't believe they've let me do it all week. I thought I'd get, I thought I'd get the heave-ho on Monday. So did I. I watched the show. I mean, it's awful. Have good work. <laughs> all right, Thank have you, great, guys. Have a great show later. Thank you. Right. Ooks. Um, I forgot uh, that she, is she a brummy? Yeah. I'm a standing. Yeah. How have you only just? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. I can't remember a, a lovely voice being lovely. Uh, notable for a crooked smile. Yeah. And nose, I think she got a crooked nose, bent nose. Yeah. Still fit though. Unusual, isn't it? What? Well, TV presenters in this day and age are sort of. Um, like aesthetically perfect in like most regards. Me and you, and then like Cat Dealey's like Ben and Doctor Serene. Yeah, Doctor Serene. Sorry, yeah. And uh, Ben's like the Cat Dealey. Yeah. What did you say? 
Quasimodo. <laughs> a bit wonky. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that, yeah, I thought, you know, she doesn't have that symmetry. No, she doesn't. No, but, you know, she's still a very lovely person. Absolutely. Do you know where I saw her first? <laughs> MTV. MTV, was it? I was going to say SMTV. MTV. SMTV is something else. It's on late night, I think, on the internet. No, it's not. Oh, I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> right, sorry. SNMTV. SNMTV. We're so innocent. Yeah, I remember my brother was working for a large pharmaceutical multinational down south. Right. And I stayed in his flat in Stevenage. And he had Sky. And I was like, whoa, Sky. Holy shit. Next level. Yeah, and Cadeli was smiling on his TV on MTV. Right, okay. That's like pre-Edith Bowman. Oof, yeah, she, yeah, Kat Dealey. Mm. She was lovely. Still you, is. Usurped by Willoughby in the Saturday morning TV stakes. I never watched the Ministry of Mayhem or whatever it was called. God, he never lived. I know. No, so was, I, as soon as like Ant and Deck and Cat left, that was it. Just uh, gunge, gunge everywhere. <laughs> yeah, mm. they, they liked to gunge in on uh, Ministry of Mayhem. Right. And that's Steve Mulhern, is it? Yeah. With his shit magic. Yeah. <laughs> What's the other magician who used to do kids' programs? Was it called, like, no, Zach? No, he was, like, uh, oh, I know Alice, Alice, Alex Zach or something. He was, like, older than... Mm. He's probably about 60 now. Yeah, no. Alex... Like, slick back Zen? hair. Mm. Zenon! Zenon? Paul Zenon. Paul Zenon. Oh fuck, we're gonna have to get him on. Where's he now? Get him on, yeah. Paul Zenon. I wonder if he does cameos. I bet he does cruise ships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't he a ventriloquist now? (laughs) Weird flex. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't know. uh... I'm sure I've seen him with puppets. I've got so many things wrong tonight, though. So I don't know. There is no vegetable stock beer. No, <laughs> it's, it's just those cans. It's just those cans, isn't it? With vegetable stock in, yeah, that look like yeah. beer cans. We know, uh, Serene, so, yeah. Doctor Serene talked about it when we brought up Bojo, and she mentioned his marriage. Mm-hmm. You know the uh, conspiracy angle on his marriages. She can't testify or something against him. You can't uh, compel someone to testify against their spouse mm. in the uh, UK court. Yeah. Just a little insurance policy there, I think, maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah. Why else would they get married? Well, I suppose she would want to get married to ensure when they split up after they get out of number 10 um, that she gets some of his fucking money. And uh, will she be? Uh, maybe they have to be married to get the full detail, full security detail afterwards, post partum. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. And I think they've been engaged for a while. <coughs> So I, yeah, I mean, you know, does that happen over here? That security detail. I know it's big in the states with ex-presidents, but you know, does Nick Clegg have like security detail at Facebook? I think he'd, he'd need it in Sheffield, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think pretty sure yeah. Tony Blair would need it. Yeah. Fuck me, he was on the TV this morning. Yeah, the vaccines, passports. What's he saying? That we should have- oh, just you know, we need to make sure that people who are vaccinated get more rights. More freedoms. Really? In the That's end, what he's saying. Be, he said that. Our route to liberty. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Yeah, I forget the number. I want to say it's something like maybe 18 million. Is that off the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? For him? For his institute, Tony Blair Institute. Okay. Yeah. TBI. MRHA, uh, is it? Or is it the MRHA? Medicines and Health Regulatory Authority. I think they've had 8 million off Bill Gates over the last few years. Well, yeah, everyone will have had, have had some, won't they? No, everyone. Have we not got any? <laughs> no, no, just certain people in certain strategic places. Mm. He could sign up for a, for a monthly, couldn't he, really? He should do, really, shouldn't he? But he's dropped off the radar. He's out now, isn't he? He's gone. There's something going Bill. on there. Who yeah, Bill? Dr. Bill is gone. Because he's divorced. He's div- divorced, isn't he, yeah. Um, and there's been some salacious... Rumours, isn't there, come to the surface about him? Isn't it? He's always been a ladies' man. He likes blondes. Does he? Little blondes he likes, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I wonder I how many... good authority. How many non-disclosures do you think he's fucking paid for? All of them. Yeah, all of them, yeah, I would say. All of them in existence. Mm. Yeah. Did you see uh, Keith? Keir Starlema? No. Keir versus Piers? I, I just don't watch any of Oh, yeah, so a little bit. I don't watch any of them, but I, we get sent this stuff. All right, okay. Uh, Piers Morgan has some some vitriolic uh, chat show where he tries to make people cry. <laughs> Doesn't he? <laughs> is this not Life Stories? Yeah, he does, yeah. Oh, Life Stories, it yeah. Is. Okay. Yeah, he had Keith on. Keith, Keith Starmer. Yeah, right? Keith Starmer on Life Stories. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Piers was asking him. Right, right? It's a weird leader of the current leader of the opposition goes on a chat show. Yeah, I think it's to make Corbyn did it. Did he? Corbyn went on chat shows. He went on this morning. Oh, I think yeah, it's different going on this morning than going on live stories with Piers Morgan. Yes, because you know he's going to try and make you cry. And the other thing, I think this is just trying to make him less boring, isn't it? Yeah, a more hit. Yeah, well, good case in point because Piers asked him about his drug use in university. I I once held a, <laughs> I a, didn't a cannabis inhale. cigarette to my I, mouth. Who said I didn't inhale? Was it, it wasn't Clinton. Obama? It was Clinton. Clinton. No. Clinton. Yeah, let's let's see. Went to bars, went to gigs, we worked hard and we played hard. So oh. cheeky spliff here and there? Drugs are not my thing. They no, weren't no, my here. thing at university. Spit it out. No. You have, haven't you? You've tried. Piers, you didn't like it. Piers, let me tell you this. Before I was So made, yes or no, lawyer? I mean, before I was DPP... Imagine you're under oath. Before... I mean, in court, they normally let you get your answer out. Um, <laughs> I don't want to labour the point. Fucking but now we've shit. established that you told me a whopper about being in the library, am I right in assuming, from your response, that you have tried drugs, but that you didn't actually like them and didn't want to take them anymore. Piers, we had a good time at university. So that's a yes. We had a good time at university. That's a yes. So yeah. Had a good time. You haven't said no. I haven't said no. No denial. We had a good time. Fucking hell. Why, what are they so afraid of? Well, the same reason why they fired Professor What's-His-Face. Who? I don't know. Professor X? The one where I watched the, the, the program, Professor Nuts. Nuts, yeah. Why? Um, well, D- you know, he have drugs at uni? It doesn't, pro- doesn't, doesn't poll well, does it, when you say you've taken drugs? The whole point of him going on this, this show was to demonstrate that he's a human being, <laughs> no, yeah. right? 
with a personality. And when you when you go on a shit show like this and give politi- political answers like that, I mean, it just shows you for what you are. Mm. You should have played the game and just gone, yeah, loads of horse at uni. <laughs> well, if it had made a joke about it, he yeah. might have yeah. got away with it. Or he might say... he got uh, more points. Yeah, I smoked a bit of weed, so what? I know, yeah. You know, it's not a big deal, but I don't know. I know. I don't know. Uh, Nigel Farage has a new cameo out. Oh, fuck's sake. Yes. <laughs> a message for Joe, and it's booked by Aiden. Hey, Joe, my fellow Brexit hero, I heard you are trading source for Skyops now. Let me be clear, Obama is unimpressed with you, and so is Mace Windu. Stop with all this nonsense about George, the human rights abuser, and vote Paul Chuckle for mayor, the Alpha Q. I don't understand any of that. What? I don't understand any of that. That is an excellent question. Can I hear it again? A message for Joe, and it's booked by Aiden. Hey, Joe, my fellow Brexit hero, I heard you are trading source for Skyops now. Let me be clear, Obama is unimpressed with you, and so is Mace Windu. Stop with all this nonsense about George, the human rights abuser, and vote Paul Chuckle for mayor, the Alpha Q. None the wiser. (laughs) Something about... George Soros? I don't know. Mace Windu's not happy with him. Anyway. You mean Samuel L. Jackson or Mace Windu? It's her Mace Windu. Although Samuel L. Jackson is just Samuel L. Jackson in every role, isn't he? Yes. I watched (laughs) a film called 187 and it was just bizarre. It's like a Samuel L. Jackson high school drama, but he... I won't spoil it for you. He gets stabbed by one of his students in New York. And so he goes to LA. And, um, you know, you have some kerfuffles with some Latino um, gangbangers, I believe believe they're called. Um, Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it's just very weird film. Yeah, just hasn't aged well. 1997. You watched that last night? No, Friday night, I think I watched that. I watched The Highlander last night. Did you? What time was that oh, on? It nice. must have been at least one o'clock in the morning. It's on Netflix. Is it? <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> Is he French-Canadian? It's French, huh? Is he French? Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. <laughs> it's, uh, it's weird. You want to wa- watch it? It's weird. It's sort of B-movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. great story. Who wants to live forever? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the quickening. And Thingy's in it, isn't he? Sean Connery, not in that one. Yes. Uh, Ramirez. <laughs> the Scottish. Juan Xavier Ramirez <laughs> at your service. <laughs> How are you doing, Highlander? <laughs> I see. We've got a Frenchman playing a Scotsman, a Scotsman playing a Spaniard, and an American playing a Russian. The Kurgan, Clancy Brown, another one of, uh, not Soderbergh, um, Lucky Charms, who's in Starship Troopers, um, loads and loads of films. Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven, been in loads of Verhoeven films, yeah. Clancy Brown, he is the Kurgan. I love, it. I love the bit where he goes, the, the scene where he goes in the church. 
I remember it being a great film. It's amazing, yeah. Hell, ladies. He's talking to the nuns, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Halloween. Nuns. Fucking nuts. There can be only one. It's a great film. Yeah, aged media, you know, sort of all right. Special effects aren't great. Yeah, it's pretty grainy. But when you think about sort of like Sean Connery now and sort of like the high regard, yeah, he's dead. And the high regard he was, you know, he was kind of held in. And he was in that. No, it was his first film where he went from a leading man to the elder man. Right, okay. The tutor, tutoring role, the mentor <coughs> role. Yeah. It was a, a sea change mm. in his career, an important film <laughs> for him. You know, and then he would go on to make, like, Medicine Man and The Rock. And what stuff. year was Highlander? 86, I want to say. Okay, because that's, then that's before what he, what he won his Oscar, isn't it? Because that's what he was in his Oscar. Don't <laughs> he won an Oscar for Highlander? No. <laughs> oh. The Untouchables, Because he plays the old uh, guy in that. And also, Highlander 2 mm-hmm. has... Um, oh, my God, the other Verhoeven lucky charm. The guy was Ironside. Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside is the protagonist in Highlander 2. Is he? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If you don't take it out and use it, it'll rust. <laughs> Why not? Not as good as Highlander 1, but you know. No, yeah. What else are you going to watch? <laughs> some some nonsense with Samuel L. Jackson, apparently. Uh, Demolition Man. No, yeah, the, Demolition re- Man, the yeah. reason we watch that is um, it's just enjoyable watching Samuel L. Jackson. And my wife came across a list of 20 uh, Samuel Jackson's uh, 20 yeah. best films. Lesser known. Yeah, I saw that list. Just the best twenty. <laughs> a lot of them are, le- are lesser known. Where was Attack of the Clones in that list? It, it didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Do what must be done, Lord Vader. <clears throat> Goodfellas is in there, even though he's in it in the film for like three minutes. Of course, he's the hold up. He holds up the uh, hamburger place, doesn't he? That's Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> No, no, no. He starts off as the cleaning boy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, McDonald's. What? And then, uh, yeah, his, his, uh, his girlfriend's dad owns the burger joint. In Goodfellas? <laughs> Are, you Are you making a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Akeem, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you massive racist. I'm looking for my son. I'm looking for my son, Akim. <coughs> it's one of my favourite films. It's up on the wall. Yeah, it is there. Yeah. There is, Eddie Murphy. Did you uh, watch the sequel? No, I can't. I can't. They, yeah. they, they ruin it. It was Apparently it was awful. So oh, not, yeah. Not waste your time. It's, it's a classic. It's probably one of the best comedy films ever made. Probably a top ten, I would say. Top ten? Top ten comedy films coming to America. It's one I yeah, enjoyed as a child easy. again. Yeah, Fucking you know. hilarious. As I enjoyed. Uh, the, the remake in Highlander. God, I was just about oh. to say, are they remaking Highlander? Yeah. Who's in it, though? That's the thing. Uh, I think it's uh, Henry Cavill. Uh. Henry, Henry Cavill. <sighs> yeah, he's not He's not great. <laughs> I don't think. To be honest with you, Hopefully they don't, they don't CGI his chin and mouth. Is it, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> a hulking man, isn't he? But... <laughs> Who's in it from the uh, the uh, Justice League? Was it? 
I uh, CGI'd his face. I, I, I thought they just had to CGI off off the mustache. Yeah, it's horrific. I, well, I can't remember the, the mouth being particularly bad. Then the whole film was awful. I couldn't watch it. Couldn't get through it. And the Snyder cut's available now, isn't it? Too long. Too dark. Um, so it's even <laughs> even more dull dullness yeah. in your life. Well, I have an antidote for your dullness. Okay. AJ, Alex Jones, he lost it this week. Is he still Oof. going? Alex Jones? He's massive, bigger than ever. Is he? Yeah. What, how does he make his money? It's like the Hydra. If you chop off its head, another two grow in its place. Has he, has he not, I imagine he doesn't have a Patreon. No, he has his own website. And people just donate. All the platforms chucked him off. Yeah, that's what I mean. So he, he just uses his own platform, right? Come to me. Has he got his own server or something? Oh, yeah. Well, stuff. Anyway, yeah, he's, he's lost it this week. <laughs> Take the shot. I took the shot. I took the shot. I'm good. I'm a hero. I'm with it now. Cut off your genitals. Gouge out your eyes. Die. Cut off your genitals. Gouge out your eyes. Die. Cut off your genitals. Gouge out your eyes. Die. Cut off your genitals. Gouge out your eyes. Die. Cut off your genitals. Gouge out your eyes. Die. Wow. Is he okay? I don't think he's ever been okay. Has he had the vaccine? <laughs> Is that what he's saying? Oh, my God. I don't know. But... Oh, it's exhilarating, isn't it? I sent it to Adam, that, at No Agenda. For the end of show I saw. Cut off your genitals, gouge out your eyes, die! Did he say, nice. did he say dynamite again? No, just a lol. He emailed you back, though. Yeah. Got a line of communication with yeah. the Podfather. Yeah. Fuck. Do you think he's all up in his grill? Do you think he replies to all the emails he receives? Maybe I'm going to be the Pod's son. Yeah. Maybe he'll adopt me. I think you should invite him on. You ridiculous man. I still think you should. He's just done the Kaiser report actually this week. I have no idea. Max Kaiser, Bitcoin. The guy who I should have listened to ten years ago, oh, right. and never did. So yeah. she, yeah, right. Edmund marriage next Two week. Big Edo, yeah. Back into prehistory, lost yes. civilizations, Woo. Atlantis, Esoterica, Theosophy. Why the fuck are we here? We don't know, but maybe we'll find out. Yeah. Right. See you later. Feces. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Praise Javelin. Kong forever. Kong forever. That's what it sounded like. Well, cut off your genitals, gouge out your eyes, die!